Hey, this is Phil Vaughn. Welcome to the Evolve Podcast, a few minutes each week focused on learning how to follow Jesus. New episodes drop every Sunday. You can also find written content at lifebeginswithdeath.org. If you'd like to support the work of the blog and the podcast, then visit patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Phil Vaughn. Or you can just hop on the blog and follow the link to Patreon. It's a way to support the work and uh, encourage it uh, with a small donation each month. All right, with all that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. Hey, glad you're here for the podcast. Sorry we missed you last week. Should be back on a weekly schedule now for a while. As we uh, press on through Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, being a passage where Jesus talks about uh, how important it is to have our hearts on the right things, where our treasure is. And uh, as we look at the words of Jesus, it'll give you an opportunity to think hard about uh, the things that are important to you. And of course, how we use and spend the resources that we have and the purpose that God has given us uh, so much. And I don't know if you're like me, but uh, we're certainly spoiled in so many ways. And so uh, maybe, maybe the Spirit of God will convict you and lead you down a path of uh, giving away more and uh, using what you have to benefit eternity. That's our hope through this message. I hope it's helpful to you, and I hope you can dig in a bit and listen to what Jesus has to say. Now, we're in this series, and this series is all about the Sermon on the Mount. Three chapters, Gospel of Matthew. This is your first time at Southeast, or maybe you haven't been back for a while. You've been traveling. You can pick up a reading guide, and you can read along. And this is important because we're not just reading these three chapters, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the message. We'll get into this parable that's pretty wacky. And so here's what we've said all through this series. This is kind of the big idea through the whole series. We've talked about it every weekend and we'll continue until we're done. That there's a gap, and you'll see this gap right here, between what Jesus said and how we live. And our hope and our goal is just to shrink this gap just a little bit. And here's what we know. We know that, man, this gap is tough to shrink. And we're reading some words of Jesus that highlight places in our life where if you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time, you have found yourself just deciding that it's just normal to be this way. This is just normal. This is just how it is. I mean, this side of heaven, we can't really expect to fix this at all. And to some degree, you might think, you know what, that's just true. But what we want to do is think hard about some of these things that Jesus has said and figure out, is there a way through our behavior, through how we learn scripture, how we relate to one another, that we can just make this a little, just a little tighter, just a little bit, just one step at a time. And here's the great news. We can start from where we are. That's how God starts with us. That's how we as a church want to start with you. And so that begins with being honest with ourselves and saying, you know what, I, got, I have an issue. I got an issue with loving my enemy. And I just, if I'm going to be honest, I need to be honest at church and at work and at home and all these places in my life. That's an issue. And so we talked about that a couple weeks ago, and some of you have been engaging in that. Last week we talked about what it means to hide your righteousness and be honest about your sin. And when you do that, what happens is your righteousness grows and your sin gets dealt with. It's a really big deal. That's why Jesus spent so many verses on it. And so we'll get into this tonight. We'll talk a little bit about what this means, but that's the goal. Just shrink the gap. And think about what you know in the world, the news, all the things that have happened over the last several weeks. And you could pick any subject you want, just any subject. 
any event, any headline, and then ask yourself this question, what if the gap were just a little, a little tighter? What would happen in the relationships that you know, in the circumstances, the events that have occurred? Would it make any difference at all if there was a, just a little less distance between what Jesus said and how we live? Just give us a chance through this series to compare how we live with what Jesus said and just bring a little more in line. And here's a great thing. If you're a follower of Jesus, then this gives you some easy reminders. These are probably words you've heard before through this series. Here's the other great thing. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you're on the outside looking in or maybe a little disengaged or maybe you used to be or used to go to church or whatever, this gives you a chance to test drive some of the words of Jesus and see if it's something you think is credible or worth putting some full weight into. And so we hope that you're reading along, it's easy to keep up, and that you're engaged. Here's where we're at. We're in Matthew chapter 6, and this is what Jesus said. If you've been reading, we read this all this week, a couple different times through the week. Here's what Jesus said. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Now, if you're reading along and you just, you just have fallen asleep or you haven't kind of keyed into what Jesus is saying, you may think, yeah, okay, whatever, I heard that before. But if you're paying attention, if you're paying attention, this is the question you're going to ask yourself. When he says, don't store up treasures here on earth, your question would be this, where else can I put them? W- what does he mean? What in the world... How can I live this? How can I apply it? This would be the question anybody would ask. If I can't put them here on earth, where else would I put them? And this is your first clue that maybe what Jesus is talking about is different than what I would might think about. Maybe it's different than how I might apply it. And this is the question you ought to ask because this is the question that as we look through some of the other scriptures in the New Testament, we're going to even go all the way back to Solomon, what he said. This is the big question about your stuff, about your material life about your finances, about what you want that you don't have, about what you wish you had, about your neighbor's house that you covet, about your neighbor's car that you covet, or bank account, or somebody else that you think, you know what, if only if I could get there. This is the question I ought to ask. Well, if Jesus says, don't put them here on earth, where else would I put them? And here's what he says. Don't store up treasures here on earth, where moss eat them, and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. It's a great verse. And you could think of all these things in your life that Jesus is talking about and you have saved or you have wanted or you have bought and you have placed it and it's important to you. And Jesus almost knocks all of them out with this one verse. He says, don't store them up here on earth because things happen. You can have the most beautiful piece of clothing and put it in the wrong drawer or the wrong climate or the wrong place and a moth founds its way into it and you get next winter, you pull out this incredible wool sweater and it's just rags. Because even you, with all of your protection, with all of your smarts and with all of your furniture, can't keep a piece of cloth from getting eaten car that you bought, the things that you have, and of course everything is something that a thief could break in and steal. Here's what you'll notice through this passage. We're going to use just one verse from this passage, and that's it tonight. This week and next week, part one and part two, next week we'll get into this, that there are two things in this passage. The first is this, there's a do not, and then there is a do. That's next week, this is this week. The do not is, do not store up treasures for yourself here on earth, because if you do, you're going to find yourself frustrated. You're going to find yourself missing it. You're going to find yourself 
hoping for something that is just going to disappear right before your very eyes. And then Jesus doesn't leave you there. He talks about what you should do, and we'll talk about that next week. And here's what Jesus wants you to know. Here's what's true all throughout Scripture from beginning to end, this principle, and it's this, that more isn't more. More is never more. It isn't. More is never more. You think it is. In fact, we've talked about this before. If we surveyed most of the people in our church and said, how much income do you think you need to make it, to make ends meet, to get your goals accomplished, everyone would say, you know, here's what I make. I need this much. And then we make that much, another $80,000, or maybe we get up to six figures. We find ourselves thinking, you know what? If I just had a little bit more, and here's what you know. Here's what you know to be true. And this is true for money. It's true for donuts. It's true for anything in between, right? More isn't more. More is almost enough. Isn't this true? This is true for everything in our lives. And you know this, and I know this, but we don't understand it. In fact, it doesn't come into any application in our lives until we see somebody else making a decision to get more. Here's the principle that is true from beginning to end about all of our appetites, and it's this. A satisfied appetite isn't satisfied. It doesn't take care of it. It doesn't calm down. It doesn't relax. It doesn't say, thank you. You know, I'm good now. You can leave me alone. A satisfied appetite always grows. Always. Of course, you could probably think of a dozen different applications in your life. A dozen different ways that you've seen this take place. Whether it's food, lust, money, power, authority, you name it. Even sleep. A satisfied appetite always grows. And we know this is true. In fact, when we went all the way back to Ecclesiastes, we studied the life of Solomon, and we asked this question, what is the wise thing to do? And some of us read through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, like Solomon's journal. This is what Solomon said, and maybe you remember this. He says this, whoever loves money never, what? Say it with me, never has enough. Never has enough. Whatever it is that you love, this isn't just true for money. You read his journal, you know it's true for almost everything in your life, but he applies it to money specifically, because money has an unusual attraction that even other temptations don't have. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. And if you forget this, or maybe you don't understand it, or maybe you think, you know what, that's not really true. I just, I just want a little bit more. Ignoring this principle, missing out on this idea, then you will forget that Jesus said this, don't store up treasures here on earth. Don't store them up. Now, not only is it Solomon's wisdom, the words of Jesus. One of the passages that we've studied before is in 1 Timothy, and Paul describes it. Paul was a follower of Jesus in the first century, and when Paul describes it, he says it this way, and he gives us another clue that something is going on, that where else would we put our treasures? And Paul says this, we wonder, command those who are rich in this present world. And if you're paying attention, you might wonder this, what other world is there? Where else could I be rich? What could that mean? And of course, when Paul writes this, nobody in the room, we would admit, nobody would say, you know what, I consider myself rich, but if we know anything about financial statistics that almost all of us in the room find ourselves in the top 1% across the world. And so he says that there are some very special things you need to do 
talk about and preach to with those who are rich. He says this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant. In other words, there is a special temptation for people who have almost everything that they want and certainly everything that they need. And this temptation is a temptation towards arrogance, so be careful. Nor to put their hope in wealth. What does he mean? Hope has a tendency when you have what you want, especially when you have what you need, to migrate towards your wealth. Careful with your hope. Why? Because it is so uncertain. What does that mean, so uncertain? In other words, moth, rust, and thieves could take it away. When Jesus says, do not, do not store up your treasures here on earth, all throughout Scripture, Jesus' words too, let us know that there are two reasons why. Number one, you will never have enough. So be careful. Be careful. You will never satiate the greed that you're capable of. And the second reason is this, is it could be gone in a moment. Stability is not helpful. Now, this do not is really important. Now, if you're in the reading guide, then we sent you to all the way to Gospel of Luke, chapter 16 this week. And if you read this parable, it's one of these parables that if you were opening, opening the Bible and you read it, you thought, I, I don't know if I've ever read this before, but if I have, I surely don't know what it means. And it was one of these parables, I think, that if, if you were back in the first century and you heard Jesus teach it, you might think he had like something bad to eat that day. I don't know why he told that story. You might even imagine that Luke, when he was writing down the parables that Jesus told, somebody said, you know what, Luke, I know you're a doctor and a historian, you want to be exact, but could you leave that one out? Just don't, don't report that one. Just kind of, I mean, there's a lot of parables. There's 30, 40 some parables. So just leave that one out. Nobody will miss it. But Luke didn't. He put it in. And it's this incredible story that he tells that is absolutely all just counterintuitive in terms of how a rabbi might see life and the, the hero of the story. It's, we'll get into it. Let's tell the story. Here it is. Jesus told this story to his disciples. And the reason why it's in your reading guide, why we'll talk about it tonight, is because it will help you understand why Jesus said, do not. And a little bit of a preview into next week. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. This manager taking care of his business. One day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. Somebody ratted him out. Somebody told the story. And the owner, the rich man, decided to pay attention. So the employer called him in and said this. What's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you're going to be fired. And so this manager of the rich man's accounts begins to do that very thing. He gets his report in order. And he begins to realize, oh my goodness, maybe you have felt this way. I'm, I'm out of a job. Where is my income going to come from? I don't know what to do. And he realizes, you know what, my back's not strong. I can't really dig holes. I can't be a manual laborer. That's what most of my friends do. I'm too ashamed to beg. I have too much pride to do that. I don't know what I'll do. I have no idea. And then it hit him. I have an idea. I have an idea. He had been delegated the authority of managing this rich man's accounts. He was the liaison for every debtor, for every contract worker, for everybody that the rich man had any relationship with. And so here's what the manager did. He called every one of them in and he sat them down and across from his desk and he said, what do you owe my boss? What do you owe? And they would tell him what he owed and then he would say, you know what, I tell you what, he'd look around and say, let's do this. Let's cut it in half. You don't owe that anymore. Just keep it between us and slide the piece of paper right across the table. And he did this over and over and over again. And of course, you know what he's thinking. 
In just a few days, I'm going to be out of a job. And when I'm out of a job and I'm having to walk the streets, I want to be sure that there's somebody out there that will take care of me, that will help me along the way. Now, this is a fine story. It's a good story. But can you believe that a rabbi would tell this story? Absolutely incredible. In fact, after he does this, the rich man finds out what has happened. And of course, the rich man would be thinking, of course, I fired you. You're a horrible employee. This is the kind of thing that you'll engage in. But he sits down with this manager, and here's what he says. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And Jesus, in the story, has the owner, the rich man, commend him for his tactic. Now, let's put this in some sort of context. Jesus is making up a story here, right? He can make up whatever story he wants. He's not reading it from the newspaper. Facts don't matter. He is telling a parable. He's the author of the story. And when he tells this story, he tells a story about an employee who's less than stellar, who's about to get fired, who becomes the hero of his story by using dishonest means to benefit his own life. Come on, that's crazy, isn't it? Anybody would say, yeah, great story, don't put it in the Bible. But of course, Holy Spirit and Luke decided this is going in Scripture, and we have it today to read. Why in the world? Would this story be told by Jesus, and why would it be in the Bible for us to read today? Thankfully, Luke records that too. Here's what he says. This is the words of Jesus. And it is true, Jesus says, that the children of this world, people who don't have our values, people who don't have the same perspective that we have, are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. In other words, Jesus is saying this, don't be, don't be naive. Don't be naive. Be shrewd. Learn from people who are like this, who behave this way. Don't adopt their values. That's not what I'm saying, Jesus would say. What I'm saying is pay attention to how they operate because they know how to use what they have to get what they want at whatever cost. So learn from this. And Jesus even says this, and it's key because he lays it out for us. He says this, here's the lesson. And he doesn't say this with every parable, by the way. He just knew this is a complicated deal. You're going to misunderstand this, so I'm going to tell it to you plainly. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. Clear, right? You understand it now, don't you? It's a little complicated still, isn't it? It is. Here's what Jesus is saying. And he wanted everyone to understand it very clearly. That children of this world know how to get things done. And they know how to use their resources. But children of the light operate sometimes naively. And they say things like, well, God will just take care of it. This will just work out in the end. And Jesus says, don't be so naive. Don't be so naive. You have resources. And here's what I want you to do. Use what you have here to impact there. This is why he says... Use what you have to make friends and give generously and benefit others. And when you do, then you will be welcomed into heaven with joy and gladness. We're glad you're here. You're somebody who when you were there, when you were here on earth, you used what you had to benefit other people. And you, when you did so, it affected eternity. You were smart enough to know that you were given something and that resource could be used on earth 
to affect outcomes in heaven. Jesus would want every child of the light to know this. That you have been given something to use for good. Be sure that you use what you have here on earth to impact there. Do not store up treasures on this earth. Do not become rich in this present world. We're more concerned about being rich there. Or are we? And that's the question. 